I first met Buster Frierson on a ranch in Texas when I was covering Burt Kuntz as a part of the Veterans Project, who is a Green Beret and who co-found Bison Union. And his podcast will come up at a later date as I didn't really run this as a series, but in a way it will be because they are co-founders of that company, uh, which was originally Peacemaker Trading. One of the things I remember about Buster is that he was immediately kind-hearted, making a point to really speak to me on a level where he was getting to know what I was all about. And I'll never forget that genuine spirit. He's truly all that is Texan, with a handshake that lets you know he could certainly knock your head off your shoulders. (laughs) And uh, a smile that instantly lets you know that would be his last resort. He truly is a gentleman. Buster competes in numerous ranch rodeos each year all over the country he's been to the wrca world finals many times he's been top hand he's won top horse and his team was reserve world champions in 2009 and of course you probably know that he is one of the og original gangster discoverers of the brand now soon becoming empire of uh, bison union They started off just making t-shirts. I think they sold like 200 t-shirts in 33 minutes. And now they have a storefront out in Wyoming, coffee shop, a bison herd, and some uh, incredible partnerships with, uh, I believe, Mountain Primal. And um, they're just doing a tremendous job out there. Anyways, it was my point that we wanted to have a civilian on the podcast, as I believe that's a very uh, important part of the bridge building effort. So all that to say, I really wanted to make it a point to sit down with Buster uh, and get his perspective because obviously with the project, it's just a veterans project. We only have veterans as a part of that. But the podcast, I really wanted to take a more uh, three-pronged approach where we were covering veterans, caregivers, and civilians that are integral to the community because I believe that's what makes this bridge-building effort complete, talking to civilians uh, that are important to this community. And Buster's got a very, very interesting perspective as a true cowboy uh, and one of the best in the world, certainly. So without further ado, here he is, the one and only Buster Frierson. The Veterans Project is a comprehensive essay capturing the legacies of our warfighters, caregivers, and civilians who have stepped forward in defense of our patriotic principles in an effort to capture their stories and to never forget the staggering sacrifices of our nation's finest. This is the Veterans Project Podcast, where our legacies are the mission. Here's your host, Tim Kay. All right, welcome to the Veterans Project Podcast. My name is Tim Kay here, your host. As always, we've got a special guest today in the room. Buster Frierson, no nonsense, Buster. <laughs> uh, glad to be out here in uh, Parker County, right? Alito, yeah. Texas. Alito, Texas. You got that right. Alito, Texas. Buster, you know, it, we've kind of we've wanted to make a point of having more civilians on uh, that are integral to the community because this is a bridge building project. You know, right. we want to have people who are involved and who respect because my belief is that there are 
you know, there, there obviously are a lot of patriots at home. And we need to tell their stories as well because, you know, we do rely on the 98% when we come back home. You know, we're 2%, you, you know, bet. the volunteers. And we need the help. And so, you know, it, it kind of the connection between me and you was, you know, I met through Bert Kuntz and uh, his wife, Candace. You know, I came out here to do a project on Bert. I met you. And I remember one conversation in a Whataburger. We were there for like 30 minutes, waiting <laughs> way too long for, for I don't know what we were getting, honey butter chicken biscuits or something, <laughs> at, like, at way, like way too early. Yeah, it was pretty early <laughs> Zero, that morning. 0.330. Yes, I believe so, yeah. 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 It was super early. Uh, but, you know, we were sitting there and uh, waiting, and I, and I was impacted so much by the just the discussion we had. And then throughout the day, just the amount of hard work, it really made me feel like I was back in my unit again like <laughs> wow this sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah right yeah this is hard yeah. you do this all the time <laughs> exactly yeah sometimes it is you bet you yeah. chose this life but uh just to preface this you know buster is a world famous you know horseman would you call yourself a horseman uh, i mean <laughs> i don't know it's it, i don't know about world famous yeah i don't know about world about famous it. by any means Here i mean humility i do uh i do ride a few horses and i train <laughs> on a few horses and uh i hope that my horsemanship improves every time and every little bit that i you know have any kind of dealings with them but yeah. i don't know about uh World famous. World famous by any so, means. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll call you world famous. Uh, well, I appreciate can, that. And then you can deflect. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Yeah. But, uh, but we met through uh, through Bert, obviously, a stand-up awesome guy, special operations veteran, and someone who, you know, uh, started a company, actually, while he was out here with you, you know, working, working the land. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, can you talk about, get, let, let's first kind of backtrack through your life and you know what kind of led you into what you're doing now and, and what really made you want to go down this this path the cowboy path the cowboy <laughs> path, the path the path of the cowboy yeah, yeah. yeah. um i grew up kind of in west texas i'm in f west of abilene and uh, my folks and my grandparents were always involved with cattle and horses not not at a very big scheme but always had some cattle and my dad always had horses around so i kind of grew up from the time i could walk i was already riding you know being the horseback and wow. learning how to rope and kind of train horses my dad trained horses for the public and so i was riding at a pretty young age you know and started competing when i was five or six years old and you know junior events here and there and so it just kind of was always in my blood you know i wasn't i didn't grow up on a big ranch per se you know like big ranch cowboys do and there's a lot bigger better ranches and cowboys out there than i've ever thought about being but uh I grew up where I did and I, you know, I took in what I could take in and learned what I could learn from my mom and dad and my grandparents and uh, kind of went through school, you know, and just was an athlete. So I played athletics all, you know, everything and everything. And then when I kind of got into college, uh, didn't really know where I was going to go. You know, I wasn't a college athlete and didn't kind of, I didn't really like going to school. And, did you go to school? I did. I went to college, three or four different colleges, actually. Really? <laughs> Couldn't choose which one was right. No, I mean, I just couldn't figure out which one I needed to be at. Are you so. sure you weren't in the army? <laughs> so uh, they would have probably led me into a little better life if I would have been. But uh, <laughs> the uh, no, I did go to a few colleges and got a few hours, and just never really settled good with me. You know, I'm just wasn't that wasn't my style. I just wasn't gonna go that route. I guess so. Yeah. I 
guided some hunts for an outfitter for a little while during the my college years, and then I kind of got into the work scene, having to work for a little. You know, I mean, I had to get a job, and so I, I worked during the summers and guided hunts during the winters, and kind of did that deal. And I uh, moved to Fort Worth, up in this part of the world, and went went to work for TU Electric actually as a lineman, just trying oh, wow. to make a living. Yeah, and I did I did the line work for about five years and still just wasn't i was doing it because it was a, a job you know i right. wasn't doing it because i wanted to and so i finally was like you know what to be true to myself and honest to myself i just walked in one day and told him say hey i'm done I'm, and I, I went back to trying to figure out how to go about making a living being a cowboy wow and uh so i did uh of course. that's kind of tough isn't it because you know obviously you you are a dying breed in a lot of ways you know well there is still a lot of work for you guys it's just it's not very well known segment of society exactly anymore, you know which is sad yeah it is you know it's kind of bert and i've talked about this in the past you know it's one and a half two percent that's in the military and it's one and a half or two percent that's in the agricultural farm business you know that produces food for the everyday civilian right and so it's a small it's a small window and unless you really dig into it you don't really even you just kind of you take it for granted that it's there, that it's going to be there. You know I mean? The military guys are there, you know, you know, I mean, you take it for granted and yeah. that's a, that's a sad thing that we do, but we do, you know I mean? They don't even know guys like me, you know, exist. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird deal, but it is what it is. And, you know, guys like you and the project come out and kind of make people aware that, Hey, look at these guys are actually here. They're actually real. They're actually did something. They're actually doing something. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't even realize it. So it's a, it's good that what you're doing is, it helps along just as well as any, what, what I do, you know I mean? Putting food on the table. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. The, the, I think that, uh, there are so many parallels that you can draw between the veteran community and between the cowboy culture and, and just, you know, you know, even when I came out that day, you know, we started working some of the land. Well, I didn't do much work. Let's be <laughs> honest. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, when I got out on the land and, you know, when I'm watching Bert work and I'm photographing you and, and, you know, and then I jumped on that Longhorn's back stupidly enough. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I because I want <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> because I wanted to fit in so badly. <laughs> How's your hip, by the way? Did that ever heal up? Uh, no, it still hurts. <laughs> My pride hurt way more than that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, uh, but seeing the hard work and all that work ethic that was put in, I mean, I think it was like 2 p.m. or 1, and I was like, I could barely hold my eyes open. Right. Like just Yeah, I think we started that morning at 3.30 and I I think when we got done it was it was 2 30 or 3 that afternoon and you'd been on you'd you'd got here like late that night anyway yeah. i think you'd had a couple hours of sleep that was it and yeah yeah it's a uh you know it's the same like you say you know i mean you roll them out of the rack at two o'clock in the morning and you're you got to get lined up my, I don't, i'm not, for whatever you know unit formation unit yeah. formation and all that stuff it's the same way here you know i mean you roll out and got to catch horses and feed horses and saddle horses and hook a trailer up unit formation get everything mm -hmm. going and make sure you got what you need for the day and you know and then you go to work yeah and, so. and the work ethic is work ethic is expected i mean there right. is no there's no getting around the fact that you're going to work hard that's it you yeah. know i mean there's a job to do and you're going to do it no matter what it takes and it's it's there you're going to finish it i yeah. mean if it takes till midnight the next night that's what you got to do yeah. I and mean, it's just that's just part of the lifestyle and i think there's a lot of semblance to it between the military you know i mean you guys have to go do a a, a task or a, you know a job and 
you know, whatever stands in its way, you just, you just go around it, go over it or go through it. I mean, that's just the way it is. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that nowadays we kind of hit about it earlier when we were talking They're you know, they're soft, they're a lot softer than, and, and I'm not a hard guy by any means necessary to some of those other people, but a lot of, a lot of days people are soft. They're like, Oh, we can't, no, it's cold. It's raining. It's wet. It's hot. You know, yeah. we can't, it's early. We can't do that. Well, it's like, yeah, I mean the cowboy culture and the military culture and like, it's got to be done, so yeah. we're going to do it. If it doesn't exist, you don't have the, you know, you don't have the food on the table, exactly. you, you know, and if uh, we don't exist, you know, there's no blood wall that protects these freedoms exactly. back at home. Yeah. You know, but I think that's what fascinated me about your culture, you know, and spending that time with you guys is I'd always had a very real respect for, you know, the cowboy world, obviously growing up in San Antonio, Texas, and the rodeo being such a big right. part of our lives, and, you know, and, and it fits so into military culture. You know, my friends were always involved in 4-H growing up and mm-hmm. very involved in that agricultural world but i didn't know a ton about it so getting to actually get on the land and seeing you and bert ride and you know doing your thing and right. bert you know sweet sweeping up cow crap and, <laughs> yeah <laughs> which yeah. is fun to watch mm, um, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be humbled <laughs> and that's another thing you know i mean that's that's what's like when bert came to work for me he uh i, I was after i visited with him and kind of figured out who he was and what he was and what he had done and I was like, man, I we're the same age, you know, and it's like, you've done, I, I can't tell you what to do. I'm your boss, but it's hard for me to tell him what to, you know, or ask him what to do or tell him what to do. And he told me, he said, look, he's like, I work for you. If you tell me to clean the shit, I'll clean the shit. If you mm-hmm. tell me to freaking go catch a horse, I'll go catch a horse. Whatever you want me to do, you just tell me how to do it or what to do and I'll do it. And then, you know, that, that, that emanated so, so much into me and what, what our culture is, my cowboy culture is, is just like we were talking about. You just do what you do and you're humble about it. And if you're one of those guys that don't think he doesn't have to get off his horse to do anything, then you're not going to work around many, very many good cowboys. Yeah. yeah. And that's the whole deal about it. You know I mean? I know some guys that say, ah, I'm a cowboy. I don't get off my horse. Well, you're not going to work here. <laughs> it, just, it just ain't going to work. You I know? can picture that. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you got to, I scoop shit just like Bert scooped it, you know, mm-hmm. and I drive T-posts just like the next guy will drive them, you know I mean? So it's, you get off and you get right beside your guy and you go at it and, Bert really fell into that role real well, you know, and I, I was very impressed with him. And hence the reason me and him, we have, we've started some businesses and we're like brothers and we're probably, he's probably one of my best friends. And it's crazy how, what the world brings into your life at a, at a time that, you, you know, I mean, I was rocking and rolling around here and being cowboy, you know, and then Bert steps up and it's like, where'd this guy come from? You know, he yeah. completely, completely, completely changed my life. Really? And yeah. I think... He'll sit and tell you the same thing. I probably completely changed his life. You yeah. know, I mean, it was a, it was, I guess you'd say, for back, lack of better words, it was a match made in heaven. You know, I mean, it yeah. was just he showed up at the time he needed to show up, and I did too. And it was, it was wild. And not very many guys are willing to step out of a world where you know they've done things at a very high level. You know, like he talked about going 100 miles an hour. Yeah, and then you hit the brake, and then you're like searching. You know, well, what do I do? What's yeah. there? And then set to work for oh hey you know you're gonna be working for 10 bucks an hour yeah. you're gonna be doing whatever is asked of you and yeah, you're gonna exactly. be working your butt off you know and he just fell right in the role and cherished it and loved it and like i say i mean he he changed my life and he'll just straight up tell you that i changed his you know and so it's a great it's a great feeling like for me to get to even be around him which in turn i met you and which i've turned i met some other guys that are just unbelievable human beings you know and just how everything evolves and changes and turns and 
just because you meet one guy. It's unbelievable, you know. It's it it blows my mind because I'm pretty simple minded as it is, and it's just like this crazy as all get out. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you know, can you talk about some of your experiences growing up and you know in this world and of you know of being a cowboy and what what some of those you know what some of the experiences have been for you and and how you've seen kind of the culture change you know in in working in this world because you probably you know got it you got into it very young. So, you know, what have you seen change about the culture and, and what do you enjoy most about it? I would say probably the most thing that's changed about our culture is just uh, the technology, which is, you know, just like us sitting here in my house talking on this podcast, you know, know. it's crazy. Yeah. I'd have never dreamed that that would even be possible. But just the technology, just the computers, the phones, the you know, the way you can market cattle, the way you can market grain, the way you can market and you can touch people and be, be in contact with people all the way across the world and just snap of your fingers. You're there, you know, and, um, and it, I think that's changed more than anything. You know I mean? There's some technology and there's some the video sales and, you know, I can market my cattle to somebody in North Dakota. They want to watch a sale, you know, and they, yeah. and so you just get a bigger, you get a bigger area to try to sell your product. Mm-hmm. Which helps in the long run in your pocketbook because you're getting a you're getting a bigger audience. You know, I guess another thing that's changed, I think, is the there's fewer of us. Yeah. Which in turn means that the technology has produced. Uh, we've figured out ways to produce more of the product because there is fewer of us. Which I think everybody in the agricultural and ranching business ought to pat themselves on the back for, because we produce more meat, more more food on less acreage nowadays than we ever have in the in the history of the world. And so, you know, I mean, that it's just the, the quality's better, the product's better, you know, everybody's jumping up and screaming. You can lean it on whichever side you want to lean it on or draw it up however you want to draw it. But in all reality, the quality, quality in the product is a better product. I mean, it's a, on, le- on fewer, fewer acres yeah. and less people doing it, which it's amazing that they can even get it done how they, you know, get it done, but it is. And I think one thing that stayed the same though, in the cowboy and agricultural world, in my, in my opinion is just the respect and the integrity and the character of the people that are involved in it. Mm. That resonates with me because I've got a son and I hope he raised, you know, I hope I get him raised where he understands that. And he sees the, that the respect and integrity and the character is, is what people are looking for. Yeah. And, it's uh, a lot of that's lost here and there. I see that often. I, yeah, I see Bert always talking about that. You know, you don't have to look very far, you know, if you think the culture's changed. But yeah, you're just it, looking in the wrong spot. Yeah, exactly. I would, you know, I would, I I agree with him on part of that. I think part of it, like the, the world, I think I've definitely seen the culture change in a lot of ways, um, you know, and some for the worse. Uh, but this culture has very much stayed the same. But that's the problem is like not enough people know about right. this culture. And I think if more people were kind of, you know, almost like in the, you know, we talk about mandatory service and I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. I don't know. There are a lot of guys where I'm like, eh, I wouldn't want you in my unit anyway. Yeah, right. So it's exactly. all good. Like you don't need to surf. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm sure you think the same thing exactly. about yeah, being I mean, a cowboy. Like, exactly. you know, yeah, some guys don't need to, but it, it, I think, man, spending some time around the farm, around guys like you, you know, you know, putting in fence posts, like that work is some of the hardest work you can do without <laughs> a doubt. I mean, and menial tasks, tasks that you're not, you know, there is no crowd cheering for you. When you're exactly. Putting up, yeah, you exactly. Know, that's been your life. Yeah. You know, kind of. So I'm sure like some of these, 
you know, cool things that you've gotten to do since for owning companies and, you know, seeing Bert, you know, and like, you don't need those things. It's cool. But also in this world, you know, it's all about humility, right? Exactly. No doubt. I mean, there's no doubt about that whatsoever. It's, you know, it's a great added benefit to my life that since what we've done with Bison Union and Bison Union Coffee and it's a, you know, I mean, it's great. Yeah, it's fun. It's one of those deals where it's like, man, this is, this is what life's supposed to be like. You get to do what you want to do and make a living doing it, you know? And that's kind of what way I am with my cowboy. I mean, that's why I'm a cowboy. I get to do what I want to do and make a living. It's not a very big living. It's not a very, I mean, it's not fancy by any means, but it is what I want to do. And I get up every morning because I want to do it. It's not because I got to go punch a clock to pay for a car that I got to drive to a place that I don't want to work at so I can make money to pay for a house that I can't afford. Right. You know, and so go back into debt that you don't want to have. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's, you know, I get up and do what I do and hopefully I live my life that way. And, you know, it's just a joy to me to get to do it. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, when Bison Union was kind of first starting and, you know, what, what your goals, you know, you and Bert's goals were for the company. And, you know, <laughs> you, you know, obviously you wanted to sell merchandise, shirts and hats were kind of what it was first known for. But now, right. you know, you've gotten, you know, a lot of tremendous connections with, through Schaefer Outfitters or right. you know, different other companies. What, what's what been the goal and what have you seen changed within the company that <laughs> and what do you want to see change? You well, know? The uh, Bison Union. Union started right at the out at the barn, like on the back of the pickup. One day, Bert came out of the barn. We we always kind of gathered up right there on the back of the pickup and kind of visit about what we were going to do the next day and how you know what time to be here and yada yada yada. And Bert said, "Hey, I, I got a deal. I want to throw something at you. I want to start a company." And I'm like, "All right, what do you want to do?" And I didn't have any idea what he was even thinking about, you know. And he said, "I want to maybe make a few T-shirts and sell them." It's like t-shirts are pretty big right now. Just a cool logo and a brand, you know, and something to kind of stand behind and something that what means for me and you and the military world and the ranch world, cowboy world, whatever. And I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. Try something, you know. So we had a few ideas and we came up with it and we finally got one t-shirt design done. And uh, These are the Peacemaker Trading Days. These are the Peacemaker Trading Days. The very first one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, so we got that one done and sold it. And all we really wanted to do was make a little bit of money yeah, and have something that we were proud of, that we could both combine together in the ranch world and the military world and what we were both proud of, which the United States of America, the military, and the people that are patriots. So that's kind of what it it was. I mean, that's that's straight up what it was, kind of old school Americana. Yeah. Hey, this is what we believe in, you know, and here we are. Yeah, that's cool. And it and it did. It we made that one T-shirt and it sold like twenty six minutes. We sold two hundred of them, you know, on Facebook, which is crazy to me. And uh, so we visited about that. I'm like, heck, let's make another one. So we made another one, and it kind of evolved into what it, you know, just steamrolled into what it was. And then we kind of got into the coffee side of it through Black Rifle guys, Matt and Evan, and Bert knew those guys, and so they he went to Utah and kind of helped them, and they helped him and we kind of got into the coffee deal. And then once we kind of got into the coffee scene, we started, you know, I mean, we just had different designs for t-shirts and ball caps. And really, to be honest with you, it was kind of one of those deals where let's, let's try to make something 
where we can live our life the way we can make an income and live what we want how we want to do it you strike me as a guy that's uh not a big whiner or complainer so <laughs> <laughs> i think this will kind of resonate with you but uh, one of the reasons that i kind of got into the veterans project was i was tired of talking heads i was tired of the megaphone culture mm-hmm. that, like wanted to put you know a status on facebook or a post right. on instagram about how much life sucked or yeah you know things weren't going their way or, or how we needed to be respected which you know that we don't we don't join for that right and so kind of seeing that it made me a little bit nauseous and i thought to myself you know what if i'm out here complaining about or crying about how we don't get enough attention or our stories aren't told enough but i'm not doing something about it what am i actually changing so for me i saw that with peacemaker trading bison union very on it was about creating kind of a cultural item not just a shirt not just a hat but not just, you know, well, if you got a problem with the culture, you know, why don't you look at this side of it? Why aren't you paying attention to the cowboy? Yeah. Why aren't you looking at the the ranch hand, the cattlemen that are working, you know, their butt off 24-7, you know? You bet. Very much 24-7, 3.30. Uh, I'm still tired from that day. Um, but, you know, like that, that work ethic transcended, you know, kind of the, the cultural issues that we see nowadays. I see that with the Veterans Project was... I was like, you know what? I'm tired of that whining, complaining attitude. Why don't I just go and tell stories and we see what it turns into? Right. And then we can show people through their voices, through Bert's voice, right? right. Through, you know, Evan's voice, through Donnie O'Malley, through Tim Kennedy, any one of those guys. We can hear them talk about what they think are the issues, what they think the issues are. You bet. And and how to go about changing it. Right. You know, I mean, exactly. it's like Bert, you know, he came up with a good little old saying the other day. It was, it's America. You always have the right to work harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't think that you're being treated well, work harder. Yeah. If you don't think you're getting noticed enough, work harder. Yeah. If you don't think you're making enough money, work harder. Yeah. If you don't think you're getting enough respect from your, you know, your, your fellow man, Work harder to get it. Mm-hmm. Do the right thing. Yeah. You know, and that's really what it is. That's the cowboy culture. And we've, you know, that's been around our culture forever and ever and ever, you know. I mean, because most of the time, you know, nowadays the towns have moved in. But most of the time, cowboy's pretty lone, pretty solitude. He has to do it no matter what. And they don't make a shit if you cry all night. Nobody's going to hear you. <laughs> and nobody really cares. Yeah. You know, yeah. what they care about is when they show up and the job's not done, you go, well, I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to go somewhere else and have a bad day somewhere else because yeah. we're going to find somebody that can, you know. And, and that's and that was another thing, too, when Bert came. We had a conversation one day after work, and I had a crew of guys here, and he watched kind of the first time he got to watch how a crew, a unit, however he, he, he said yeah. a unit, you know, but is, a crew yeah, to us and how we – react and work together and how everything moves and flows and you don't do this and you don't do this and you do this and you don't do that you know it's kind of one of them deals and he was like when everybody left he said man that was cool watching he was like that was like my unit cleaning a house or clearing a house Mm -hmm. yeah he was like everything went certain way and every you know he was like it's crazy that y'all the brotherhood is like what y'all have it's so close to the brotherhood that we have in a unit yeah and you probably feel super tight, you know, being a part of that culture because there isn't much of that. There isn't as much of that as there used to be. So the filling those ties, you know, you right. are in a very segmented part of society that is not understood by a lot of it, culture. Exactly. You know, and it, and it helps me understand his side of it as well, understand the military side of it as well, because I don't think about it because I'm not I don't see it. 
Right. And then I get to thinking about it, sitting at, you know, sitting drinking coffee in the morning. I get thinking, man, I wonder how they would do this, you know, yeah. or I wonder how they would go through this because I know the plan of action is always very imminent and it's very decisive and it's this way and it's you're going to do this with a happens you do this if b happens you do this there's always a a b c d plan which is kind of the way the cowboy world is too you know i mean we're not getting shot at by any means but you know or bombs dropped on us but it's there's there's some of that similarities that is so it's so wild that it's even close but it is it is yeah it is the hard work is there it always has to be evident and if it's not happening then you're you're not getting the job done you're not putting food on the table for other people so you know where where did you get that you know that kind of that respect for for uh the veteran culture where did you come to did you grow up with that did your did your parents have discussions with you at a young age or no you you know i mean not really and I don't remember any big discussions by any means. You know, I had some uncles and some grandfathers and they were military, um, but wasn't really ever talked about, you know I mean? Nobody really ever brought it up. It's just what they did, you know, and that was part of their past and it wasn't brought up. It was just wasn't, they were, they were farmers, ranchers, just blue collar American salt of the earth people that work for a living, you know, that, that the military was behind them and they, they made it out and they, you know, I mean, that was, that was it. Nobody really ever talked about it. And, uh, I guess just that's one thing that has changed over the years, you know, that the, the forefront of the military and the service men and women have come to the forefront and hearing a lot more about it. Exactly. You hear a lot more about it, you know, and it's, and it should be, it should be brought up, you know, it should be, praised it should be hollered about because it's a great thing that we have people that were giving up their lives to protect what i do you know protect my freedoms that i live on every day and so i don't know you know i mean you kind of grow in your age and you get a little smarter sometimes and you figure out stuff that 10 years ago i would have never thought of you know and now it's like man i'm so proud that i have people that i know people that protect my rights every day and know people that have protected my rights and it makes me really proud just to be an American, you know. I mean, I look back on it now, and I guess probably a bunch of people do. I wish I would have, I should have probably enrolled, you know. I probably should have <laughs> signed up one day, but I didn't. It just wasn't. Yeah, wasn't your path. Wasn't that path, I guess. And yeah. I guess we all are are created, and you have a path that you travel on, and you know, it's kind of like, in my opinion, the stars are lined up when you're born, and they're already lined up when you're born the day you die. So I mean, it's kind of. It's already written in the stars. You just got to figure out how to get there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, I mean, I don't know if that means much, but I'll, I'll tell you this, that I I think of your culture and I think of the cowboy culture as, as service in a lot of ways. So I don't think like, gosh, man, you know, like, gosh, Buster probably should have served. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm thinking of you serving in this capacity. I'm going, man. I'm glad he wants to do that work because I don't yeah, want right. to. Well, <laughs> That's super you know, there's hard. that. Yeah, there's that too. You know, and so it's a, I don't know. I guess it's six half dozen, however you want to look at it. So. Yeah, yeah. In in a day, can you kind of take me through a day of like, you know, there's no typical day, which is great. It's right. just like right. the military. Yeah. Um, but you know what you what you go through in maybe a day or a week, and what your you know goals are working the ranch, working the land, and and what goes on in a day. Yeah, um, I'll try. Some educational piece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Educational like, piece. Yeah. <laughs> you know, most mornings start, and of course, with uh, I catch horses in the morning. I keep seven or eight, nine head of horses around all the time that 
I use on a daily basis. I catch horses, feed in the morning, pick what horse I'm going to ride, depending on what job I'm going to do. You know, if uh, if I'm going to go prowl, what what we call prowling in the cowboy world is I just go prowl around on a horse and see if there's any issues, prowl through my cows. This time of year during the winter feeding times, I feed pretty much every day, which it takes up a lot of the time just because you got to get around to all the country and feed every, try to feed every head of cow that you have. Sometimes like today it's raining and sleeting and nasty out. It takes a little longer, but, uh, you know, like right now I have cows that are calving, so I check the welfare of the cows, make sure they're not having any problems, make sure the calves aren't sick, make sure they're not having any problems. We do a lot of veterinary stuff that probably most people don't realize either. Just No, because, that surprised me. Like, yeah, you can't, you know, I mean, you can call a vet, but there's so few of them that you might as well learn how to do it yourself. And so a lot of the stuff we do is just on the ranch, kind of not necessarily very scientific but it is you know i mean it, there's a very i guess you would call it a very simplistic yeah. way to get something done that you know it's kind of like being in the field as a military you know i mean you might not have a medic with you if something happens you but you do have a general knowledge of how to keep something from bleeding you have to yeah yeah you better yeah and so it's kind of the same thing you know i mean you can give us hear that whatever and so a lot of that sometimes you know i mean there's like me being right here in, on the road, I'm pretty close to the highway on every side of me. And so I get a lot of guys, cars running through the fence and fixing fence, just maintenance, maintaining the everyday wear and tear of vehicles and trailers and, you know, putting out mineral and putting out salt, checking waters. Water's a big deal, you know. And so mm -hmm. uh, judging the grass, judging your feed, making sure that the cattle don't need to be moved or they do need to be moved or there's always something always something to do and it's a massive business too right y yes yeah like you do have to develop some business action yeah. and probably through a day you're like gosh i earned my mba out here yeah it is it's you know and then you're, you're trying to figure out the best way to market your product and how you need to go about doing that when you need to go about doing that when you need to put the bulls out when you need to pick bulls up when you got to get the vet out to preg check test bulls vaccinate you know there's always 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 something to do you know i mean it's a a never-ending deal and you could work somebody says oh you've been busy you can be as busy as you want to be yeah you can work 24 hours a day seven days a week and that's one thing i did tell bert when he came to work for me you can work 10 hours a week you can work 100 it doesn't matter to me because yeah. there's always something to do yeah wow what do you what, what's your favorite thing about this lifestyle what do you enjoy the most about it i mean i'm sure it's that's kind of a general question yeah i mean but, it, it is but it isn't you know i mean it's a Everybody probably has a little bit of different idea about what it is. My ideal is I'm pretty much, oh, like an old saying, the Cowboys only probably the only true free man left. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I have a, I have a lot of freedom. Yeah. I, I can choose whether I do this or whether I do that up until, you know, to a certain point. If I want to run my horse across a canyon, you know, I mean, that's my choice. I don't have some some business guy telling me you got to wear shade you got to wear safety glasses you got to wear hair bro you know you got to wear the you know all that stuff you got to be checked in i mean so it's the freedom to me would be just the freedom yeah. which resonates to me again the only reason i have the freedom i have is because of the military mm, that's and cool. the people that have protected it yeah. over these thousands hundreds of years so yeah i mean that's my deal is the freedom that's awesome can you talk a little a little bit about the competition side of things like what got you into that and is that just like a natural path for being yeah. a cowboy or do Pro you you know i mean some yeah some some no because i know some guys that are good cowboys that they ain't probably ever been in a ranch rodeo really yeah. um but they're 
good cowboys, you know, they just don't have the wherewithal or they don't have the availability to go do it. Whereas I'm where I'm located is pretty, pretty ur- much in the capital. Yeah, of it's it. urban, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of there within two and a half, three hours of here. I can go to a team roping, a ranch rodeo, a rodeo, a double, you know, anything, a competition that you want to pick, you can go do. So, yeah, I think it's and I think that's just cowboy kind of way of life is you want to compete to see if your horses are better than everybody else's or you're better your skill level's better and this reason rodeo's been around since the 1700s you know i mean it's because those cowboys want to put their money down and go i'm better than you at this (laughs) and they're going to find out one way or another i mean it's a it's a pride deal it's a uh, it's a brotherhood i mean it's to go see who's the best of the best i mean just like in any other sport yeah what do you what do you think one of your more proud moments within that world i mean you know you've won a lot of competitions but what what within that world have you been most proud of the thing i think the most i'm most proud of is i won top horse at the world finals ranch rodeo in 2016 but you're not world famous yeah (laughs) (laughs) i trapped you (laughs) yeah yeah you did yeah you did good job good job i did uh and I had a really good horse, and it meant a lot to me because I know the all the guys and teams and horses up there were, they're all good. I mean, they're they're exceptional hands, exceptional horses, and I just got lucky. And I mean, within competitions like that, you're going up against like guys from what like South America as no, well, Argentina. No, or it's you... all North American teams, okay. but you're looking at cowboys from florida to texas to arizona new mexico colorado louisiana i mean all over those kind of the southern southwest and even up into wyoming and you know up in uh, i think nebraska has a couple teams up there so i mean you're you're going against a pretty wide range of different cowboy cultures which we all do stuff a little different depending on where you're at i mean we all get the same job done but we're all doing it a little different but anyways it's a so you're there's 24 or five teams at the world finals with six men on each team. So you're riding against 200, 120 something horses, I guess. Wow. What does it involve? Like what are the competitions within that involve? What do you, what are your tasks? They're more lean towards the actual ranching, the history of ranching and the jobs that you do on the ranch. But there's, of course you got to ride a bucking horse. Mm. You have to uh, rope a cow and like milk a cow into a bottle, which is something we don't do a whole lot of out here, but <laughs> it's it's like the bull riding of the ranch rodeo. Everybody There's a lot wants of history see, there. Yeah, everybody wants to see the wreck because you got one guy that ropes a cow, and then you got three guys that have to mug and hold a fifteen hundred pound cow still while one guy wow. milks takes and milks into a long neck bottle. So it's a most of the time it's a pretty good wreck. I need to wash more. I need to wash yeah. more of this. Yeah, it's a pretty good wreck. But uh, you know, and then there's uh sorting where you have to ride in and sort certain numbers out. And it's all time-wise, and so you have to sort the numbers out, put them in a pen sometimes. You just have to sort like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten sometimes, just depending on how they want it set up. So that it'd be like working on the ranch and me going in and cutting dries out or mm. going in and sorting yearlings off of a herd, you know, saying I need all the red ones cut off and go in and you sort the red ones off. But mm. that's a very simplistic way to put it. But then there's uh, branding, which you got to go in just like we had drag calves at the ranch and mark them and vaccinate them. You got to go in and heal them and you drag them out and flank them and you fake brand them and vaccinate them and whatnot. And then they have like what team doctor and where they turn a steer out or you sort of steer out and you head and heal him and lay him down and act like you were going to doctor him outside on the range, you know? So mm. it's a, uh, those are kind of the the majority of the events that we go to. 
Now there's some ranch horse competitions where you have to do a lot of the similar stuff. You have to do a reining pattern on your horse and then you have to work a cow and then you have to rope a cow and just show how your horse is able to do what it is. I mean, there's different, there's all kinds of different competitions that we go to, but those are the major ones that I participate in. Each of these uh, tasks sounds very humbling. (laughs) (laughs) They can make you humble. Uh, Two animals, and uh, it can humble you very, very fast. I'm sure. Um, so, you know, within that within that world, how important has it been, you know, to get Bison Union involved with some of these other, you know, like the, I know you guys are involved with, you know, the rodeo and you're tied to, you know, Schaefer Outfitters. How, what are, what are the ties there? Like, what are the importance of those ties? Tying everybody together in our culture. Um, you know, Bison Union, of course, being... We're tied with the military because of Bert. We're tied with the cowboy side of it because of me. And then, you know, we're tied with the Green Brave Foundation because of Bert. And so then Schaefer Outfitters just right. kind of naturally fell in there just because we, you know, we we had a small clothing line and they I started using them. They started using me. And it's a Western style, good quality American made product that's made right here in America. And it's just, you know, I mean, it's they're good people. They're just good, hardworking people. Yeah. And so it, all the everything that we do kind of ties together, whether it be military or whether it be on the ranching side of it. But it all kind of goes just like we started, you know. I mean, it's a military on one side and a ranch on the other side. I mean, so it's still it's still that. It's still true to that. It's going to be true to that as long as we have any say about it. So, yeah. That's awesome. You guys uh, went on a hunt here recently. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> we talked about it a little bit before, but can right. you can you talk about that that hunt and what that was? Yeah, I saw that picture that uh, that Bert, either Bert or you posted of like you guys, you know, paying respect and oh yes, sir. animal. Yes, sir. How you know you go and you're looking for this master class animal like you know <laughs> right, right. this animal that can very easily just as easily kill you. You know exactly. Um, what what's the what's the process for that and, and and can you talk a little bit about that hunt but i want to talk a little bit about the the respect shown to to animals as well in that case because i think a lot of people get confused about <laughs> hunting right, right? Yeah, no, there's no, a lot no, of that no doubt, culture, no doubt. Yeah. yeah a lot of confusion about hunting and why it's done but can you talk a little bit about that hunt in particular you bet um we went to arizona bert and i did i have a friend that leases a ranch out there seven anchor outfitters is who the outfitter agent was but he's a good friend of mine he cowboys runs cattle out in arizona high desert and uh, which is no easy task whatsoever i mean you want to talk about a grueling hard life he uh, there's a different brand of doing that out there right as opposed to texas yeah it's a it's a different you know you're talking about like i stock my country around here one cow to every 17 acres he stocks his one cow to every 150 acres wow so you're looking you know i mean lots of big rough country that sticks you pokes you bites you breaks you i mean it's no joke it's a real like you cowboy out in that part of the world you cowboy anywhere you can do just about anything but so we go out there and uh take i take bert with me because i think it'd be a cool hunt for him you know and it's gonna be a horseback deal and dogs and he gets to see some country that he's never seen before you know and just be involved in be immersed in that wild i mean it's still wild i mean there's yeah. it's wild country you can't settle that land no i mean it's just big wild i mean it wouldn't be anything done on it if they didn't run cows on it you know or and so we went mountain lion hunting 
it's dry land hunting, which is a, it's another beast in itself. You know, you're talking about, you're not cutting tracks. You're just running, hoping you can smell a track because you don't see a track. You know I mean? It's just wow. dry land. So we hunted for four days, finally treed a line, I guess the fourth afternoon. We had found a kill. She had killed a cow. We just happened upon, smelled something dead, riding in a horseback and come around a big cedar tree and there was a dead cow and she'd it'd been covered up by cat you could tell it'd been covered up and so of course the dogs there's 15 or 16 dogs turned loose they took off and we treated her in probably three or four hours i guess you know people like you say the misconception on hunting is crazy you know people are like oh yeah you guys six guys and 20 dogs and yeah how hard's that mm-hmm. well you don't even i mean there's people that live out in that part of the world and they've there's lines everywhere and they've never even seen one you know yeah yeah i mean lines are very elusive they live they they make a living killing yeah that's it they kill you they kill your kids they kill your cows they kill your calves they kill your dogs they kill the deer they kill the elk they kill whatever they do which is what they are right i mean that's what they're they are. killers yeah they're killers and i don't hold any remorse whatsoever or any will ill towards them because no, no. they're magnificent creatures and if we didn't have them we wouldn't i mean the world wouldn't be as great a place as it is yeah but they do have to be managed. Right. I mean, you can't just management. Yeah. That's an interesting it, it's concept. A, yeah. Management. It's I truth. mean, it yeah. is the truth, you know? And so it's a, <laughs> it's kind of like managing serial killers. If we didn't manage the serial killers, <laughs> there would be a lot of people dying for no reason. Right. Yeah. But they manage them. They catch them. They put them in prison or they get, you know, whatever they do to them, give them the death penalty or whatever, get rid of them. But that's, that's kind of the way I see it. They're, they're serial killers. Yeah. They kill whatever they can kill when they can kill it because they're opportunistic killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like I say, no ill will towards them. I revere them, respect them. And I think they're the coolest animals. They're cool. I mean, like they're in my top three, the grizzly bear, the mountain lion, and the elk are just like, they're revered to me. You know, I think they're the coolest animals ever, but the license, the fees, the, all that stuff goes back into the hunting side of it that we put into it. It goes back into the wildlife conservative and they, can help other things you know yeah. they can do they can do stuff with the money that we the hunters put back into the system to help the wildlife and it actually raises more money for that world than than anything else exactly right? yeah. yeah it's a you know i mean it's one of those deals where we're actually putting more money back into what we're doing than all the people that are screaming about why are you doing that <laughs> you know so yeah. it's like <laughs> we talked about the megaphone culture yeah right? the yeah. megaphone culture exactly so it was a good hunt. There was a good crew of guys. Everybody had a blast. We all cut up, you know, it was kind of, nobody got mad. Nobody got upset. And we were doing the same thing. We was up at three 30 in the morning and catching horses and Bert was riding a mule and we all cut up. I saw up. you pull. I saw you pull. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't neglect that story. <laughs> so, you know, he's it's just, just, he's just fun to pick on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, he's just fun to pick on, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. You gotta, you gotta do that. They, yeah. I guarantee, you, if I went and hung out with his crew for a few days, they'd pick on oh, me. Oh yeah, they, of course, they, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because so. you don't understand everything about the culture, exactly. so it's very easy exactly. to slide one in on. Yeah, them. exactly. Yeah. You can just slip it in there and go, hey, and then he looks up and like, what the? This happened. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you pull, you pull this mule away from him. Yeah, boys, so he right? got off to piss and. Uh, <laughs> Nobody, he just got off, you know, it wasn't no big deal. And of course, in the cowboy culture, if somebody gets off, mm-hmm. the if you notice it, you wait on them because right. you don't want their horse riding, you don't want their horse walking off with you leaving, especially if they don't have a hold of them. And of course, Bird, he is not a, he, he, he's rode some quite a bit, but he doesn't know all those ins and outs of different things. And he got off and just turned his mule loose yeah. and was standing there pissing. Uh-huh. And I was like, 
fixing to teach him a lesson right here. <laughs> he is fixing to learn some valuable, valuable information. So I just turned around, went right back over there, and just walked off right in front of his mule. And, of course, she followed me just like I knew she would. And he's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> What's up? And I kind of did the old pull the car up every 20 foot. And then when he gets close, I'd leave again. She'd leave. Of course, he's trotting along behind trying to put his stuff up in his leggings and his pants. And yeah. it was pretty good stuff. And then when we finally got him a pretty good ways over there, I was like, yeah, I bet he's sick of me doing this. He's liable to shoot me just yeah. any minute. So I kind of pushed it as far as I thought I could. And then I let it go. So yeah, he, <laughs> he gets a few of those. Hard, yeah. yeah, he gets a few of those. those other guys are all like man of course they don't know bert like i do you know and they're like yeah. dude you know he's packing a pistol right and i'm like oh yeah i know <laughs> hell i don't think he shoots that good anyways <laughs> don't tell him I said no, no 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 yeah no. don't ever tell him because yeah, well, he shoots very well yeah. <laughs> well you see you've seen a uh, little candace do it to him enough that yeah. <laughs> you know how to get him by now yeah, exactly <laughs> That was yeah. funny, man. I was laughing pretty hard. But that that's part of it, right? It's like enjoying yourself and yeah. having a good time out of land. It is, Spending you know, I mean, why and- why live life if you can't have fun and enjoy yourself and do stuff that you want to do, you yeah. know, or you would like to do. And, and and back to the line, we killed the line, Bert shot the line out and we got down to it. It took us a minute to get down to it because it was kind of off a pretty rough bluff. And anyways, we got down to it and the guy that we were hunting with, Logan Anderson, was seven anchor outfitters. He's very much into the same kind of stuff that, you know, just the cowboy culture. And it's always you revere and respect the animal and the wildlife that you just taken to furnish for you. And so we had a moment of prayer for the lion. Thank God for putting him there and putting him in the situation and furnishing what we could do with him and what we had with him. And, you know, I mean, it's a, it's one of them traditional moments where you kind of go way, way back, you know, right. and get real pretty deep. Yeah. But everything's here for a reason yeah and uh whether you believe in god or whether you don't believe in god there's always there's everything's here for a reason and you have to be there to really experience you do. that right you know i mean you can't get that watching it on tv you can't get that i mean it has to be you have to have that smell that that aroma that i, I don't know the ambiance of the whole deal you know the sweat the smell of the blood the the horses, the dogs, the, you know, just everything involved is such an overwhelming experience that you're just like, wow. And I've been hunting my whole life, you know, and I've seen two mountain lions and that was the second one. Wow. I it saw, was cool just to put your hands on something that you just never, ever thought you could, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I was out in, uh, I think it was government Canyon outside of Helotus. I was doing some hiking out there in the, in the hill country and there, there are mountain lions active right. out there, quite a bit of them, but you're not really aware no. that they, they're they're They can always be watching you, but I had one, uh, I don't know. It was probably like five, it was probably like a five footer and came across my track and stopped right in the middle and yeah. stared at me and i was afraid i was going to lose my bowels <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah i've yeah. been in, i've been in some decently scary situations <laughs> yeah. and you know like when you're in a situation like that where you're like oh well this could definitely take me down yeah. and even if i had a weapon right now like i have a knife but if i even if i had a gun i don't know how confident i am that i right. can take that thing down if it really shot for me yeah and made a movement but it stopped in the track and like gave me a low growl yeah. I, yeah. I every hair that i had stood up on my body exactly it's a it's an incredible 
I started acting crazy, of course. Incredible, yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah, that's nuts, a, throwing rocks and stuff. And, that's you know, the only acting. way you, yeah, yeah. It's not like you're going to, you know, you might talk somebody out of another human. You might talk them out of it. Yeah. But that, I mean, if they decide you're not talking them out of no, it, you're no. just fixing to have to fight. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, and most of the time you're not, because like I say, I mean, they, they, they make a living killing. Yeah. And yeah. it's, we, we went elk hunting and. In Wyoming and come across four or five grizzlies while we were elk hunting, you know, and I've never oh, been around man. like a grizzly bear. I've been around a few black bears in my hunting careers. And, yeah. And after I saw the grizzly bear, I was just <laughs> like, wow, yeah. that is an animal right there I would not trifle with whatsoever. I mean, they are impressive, scary yeah. bucks. They yeah. are wicked. Like, I, I don't know. One swipe can move yeah, your head. Just, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's insane. You get to see, you see them up in person and you're just like, Whoa. I saw that video of the guy uh, shooting, I think, uh, fired and fired. It was a uh, bow hunting and he fired an arrow at one that was coming on. Yeah. And like the arrow didn't get within like probably 100 feet of the thing. <laughs> and the dude and it charged. And I, I, I don't I don't think he died. Yeah. The thing shook him for a bit. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Man. Yeah, just watching that video, I was like, "Why would you do that?" Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like that is not very smart. That's not smart. You're not very. Yeah. You're not very bright. I mean, you need to set the situation up a little better for <laughs> yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, because they will. You know, I mean, they got three and a half, four inch knives. Yeah. On every finger, oh, and they yeah. weigh 12, 14, 1,500 pounds. And the land speed that they can. Yeah, make it's like you couldn't. Eh, you're not getting away. No, if they decide you're done. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if you do add a gun. They'll probably get the, I mean, if you have a weapon, you're done. I'm not sure what he was expecting that arrow to do. Yeah. <laughs> he was hoping it would uh, go in and kill it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it did not work that it way. It does not happen that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, what What do you enjoy most most about about the hunt? Is it that? Is it that moment of impact? Or is it no, all, the, all the things leading up? I think up? it's all the things leading up. The, not, it's still the brotherhood to me. I mean, I can go hunting by myself. And just the brotherhood of me being in nature is cool, you know, or I can go with a group of four or five guys and the brotherhood of me being with those guys and in nature doing what we want to do. Everybody's having fun. That that's more fun to me. You know, the the actual kill is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's a reason that that's the reason we're going, but everything involved on top of that and around that is kind of what makes a hunt. You know I mean? There's lots of times I've gone hunting and never killed, never even seen what I was hunting. Yeah, but I still had a great time because of just the brotherhood and the camaraderie and the nature, getting to do what men are supposed to do. In my opinion, yeah, you know yeah. what the what the male human is supposed to do is fend for himself and protect his family. You know, you get to go with a group of guys and in the country that we were in and horseback, and I mean, it's just kind of old school, wild oh, back yeah. in the day. You kind of kind of go back to the. You think, man, I'm like old school cowboys yeah yeah cool. I'm, I'm i was watching the videos and the photos and be like as a photographer just salivating every yeah. day i'm like yeah. god so many good <laughs> pictures here that i'm not getting yeah, yeah man it is a, it is unbelievable and that's the whole deal is like just getting out and getting into nature and being involved one-on-one with it you know instead of watching it on tv or mm. seeing it on your phone i mean it's just so you have to much fuel different. that though it's, yeah it's like it is a lot like being in the military until you're in a moment in a hot you know in a hot zone with your guys and you really feel that camaraderie yeah. and the coming together of that and the energy the adrenaline sometimes the adrenaline isn't good but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's really good right and you know you that kind of high that euphoric feeling you yeah. get but yeah, the energy you feel while you're with that crew and you're you've got a common task and purpose mm-hmm 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to imagine life without that. Kind yeah, of thing. no doubt. And I if mean, you I'm... haven't been a part of it, you don't know what that's truly like. Exactly. Not you know, I mean, and a lot of people nowadays don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't have any idea what it goes it's back like. to our culture. Yeah, yeah, it goes back to the culture and yeah. kind of how not you not having to do that either. Exactly. You don't have, you don't to, have to anymore. To. You don't no. have to. Back in the old days, you know, I mean. Just take the Indians, for example, the Native Americans. I mean, they had to be together to hunt, to survive. Yeah. So they were always, they were all, that's why they were so tight knit. I love that book. Uh, I, I've been, you know, reading that book, um, I believe it's Tribe, you know, by Sebastian Younger, mm-hmm. where he's talking about the values of that culture and how some guys like actively chose to like join the tribes, you know, right. white men like chose yeah. to join the tribes to be a part of that. Exactly. And talked about the the mental health aspect of those, you know, people being a lot of times, you know, often much more mentally healthy because they had that constant, you know, push for survival, exactly. you know, in a lot of ways. And they all had to survive right. where we think like these creature comforts have like created a healthier society. But in a lot of what Lou, look at the issues with, uh, you know, we talk about 22 a Suicide, day, you know, yeah. we're, we're talking about that in our veteran culture, right? Because we come back to a, to a kind of a softer society. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden violence is heavily looked down upon. Right, right. Um, Being alpha males looked down upon, oh, you know, very much, very yeah. much so, you yeah. know, it's a, I posted a picture on Instagram when we were hunting and it was six guys and all of us were standing there taking a picture against a big bluff with a mountain lion in front of us. And, and my my post was, I said, a lot of you people know men like this exist, but you don't ever see them mm. because today's culture is not that way. And just because that you don't see them does not mean that they're not there and does not mean that they don't exist. And I got kind of busted on it, you know, because I was... <laughs> Cause I throw down a little bit on the skinny jean pant wearing mm-hmm. office setting, soft hand music playing, you know, don't want to get outside because they don't want to get dirty kind yeah. of type dudes that are in our culture now. And, and to each and every one of everybody chooses and picks and choose what they want to be. I'm not downgrading anybody, but it's always funny how those guys can talk and say they're, you know, this is okay. This is okay. This is okay. But then when they see an alpha male standing with blood on his face and hands and standing there, they think, oh my God, Dude, that's gross. That's gross. You can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know? And so yeah. I throwed it back out there and I, I kind of got my chops whacked around on it, you know, for a minute or two because guys are busting my balls about it, you know, but yeah. it's like, Hey, we exist. And just because we speak up doesn't mean that you you can't, you can't deny us. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I like I, I like what you're saying, though, and I think it's important for, you know, for I, I think that, you know, we talked about technology a little bit earlier with what, you know, you're doing as a cowboy and right. how there is technology that's been introduced. I think that's a value of things like social media, though, is someone like you who does have a platform and a voice, you know, a lot, a lot of a lot of cowboys don't have that. Right. But you have a platform and a voice where you can show people, you know, what that's like, where right. you can tell people what that's like. And even though you got busted on it like who cares like yeah. you're sho- you're showcasing your opinion my my whole thing with that is again like like i, said, I mean i get teased about my skinny jeans sometimes but <laughs> like, skinny, tim what are you asking you uh, no no cool. <laughs> <laughs> i get teased about for my yeah. guess but i grew up in you know kind of a rock culture as a yeah, kid and and playing sports but my whole thing was i wanted to do everything i want to i want to go ride horses there you go i want to hunt i want to I want to exp- I want to hear from vegans. I want to hear what their experience right. is. As long as you are not pushing your belief Bingo. on me, 
and and that's what and I believe you know I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I believe that's what you're saying is yeah, like, no doubt. I mean, I don't have a problem with that dude over there. No, and you know what? You want to come ride, come ride. Exactly. But you know, when you start telling me how I should be, and you have no cultural understanding of what it's like to be me, exactly. You've never been in my position. Then how are you going to try to dictate or teach me? You know, I dealt with that a lot throughout my master's program. Was I don't want to hate on my master's because I started the veterans project there, but there was a lot of like. Well, Tim, because you experienced this in the cultural context of being in an infantry unit overseas, you don't really understand the Iraqi culture. Hmm. It's like, oh, that's funny. I thought I was there for almost a year. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of hard to, how do you not understand it if you're living with them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think about that often with, uh, it's like, you know, there is almost no right answer in right. that context. Like, you can't say a right thing to somebody who's thinking irrationally exactly. like that. And, you know, and it's just like you said, and I, I'm the same way, man. You do what you want to do. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. Matter of fact, I, me and you might be friends. Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with it. But don't push it on me and don't tell me what I'm doing is wrong. Yeah. You know? And in the culture that we live in today, I'm scared of not being your friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm going into the dark alley, I want Buster Frierson next well, to me. I told Bert that very early on. I'm like, like when you asked me, uh, I think you, you know, you asked me if I served, and I said, uh, yes, sir, I did. And then you, sh you shook my hand. You put your hand on my shoulder and shook my hand. I was like, okay, I like this guy a lot. <laughs> it's not my ego. I just like him a lot. Yeah. He seems like he knows what values are and understands ethics and you know strong behavior. He's got a strong, you know, very much the way my parents were. Yeah, which is. Right. Always show respect. You see a guy wearing a hat with a veteran sign on you, you always go shake his hand. Always. And and you always show respect to your fellow man. I don't think I don't think my parents even talked to me about race or culture right. or anything like that. I just grew up with in Military City USA, San Antonio, with an understanding that you just treated everybody equally. That's it. Until they give you a reason to not treat there you them go. equally. <laughs> That's kinda like in the cowboy world. You gotta punch them in the face and Yeah, you... exactly. It's kinda like in the cowboy world, we got a saying that says trust your neighbor but brand your cattle. Oh, so, I, I mean, like it. Man, yeah. I'm going to start using that. Yeah, trust your neighbor, but brand your cattle, you know what I mean? Is that a Bison Union shirt yet? No, it should be, huh? Should, yeah, maybe we, so. We just, just come just up with it, Tim. <laughs> there you go. We're going to send that idea to Bert. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> the similarities are so, so close that Bert and I talked about it, too. It's... <laughs> There's probably some other ones out there, groups of folks out there that I'm going to miss that somebody's going to get pissed off because I didn't say, but yeah. the military, the Cowboys, and the motorcycle gangs. Yeah. I mean, those, you think about those three guys right there. Military will die for their brother. Motorcycle gang, they die for their brothers. Mm -hmm. Cowboys do it every day as well. You know, if somebody's in a wreck and a horse has flipped over on them or a bull's got them hooking the shit out of them, mm -hmm. I'm going to go get in the way and – I mean, if it happens, it happens. If I can help him out, I can help him out. You know, I mean, there's, it's not, like I say, it's not like getting shot at by any means or getting bombed or doing uh, any tough. of that stuff, but it's still a deal where I would give up my life to save one of my brothers. I just did a, uh, I did a circuit, a couple uh, rides. I did a project on Tatanka, uh, Brady Cervantes, and he mm. was riding, he's a former Marine Corps sniper, um, and he's riding PBR now. Yeah. And I went out on some of the, you know, we went to, our first one was Prescott. Yeah. And he rode up there and they rode in Uvalde. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like I was in the military. I served in an infantry unit. But watching that culture, I had so much respect. But just spending a little time there and photographing it, right. grasping the action, understanding, watching the guys show respect. I mean, I've 
I don't know that I've ever seen that much respect for our national anthem ever shown. Like, yeah. there was a big, massive prayer before. Like, you in bet. this stadium full of people, I'm like, wait, is it, where are we right now? Yeah. Like, yeah, this is old school. Yeah, and it is. You know, like the rodeos and different things. The rodeos and different competitions that do have anything to do with kind of the old school cowboy tradition is the national anthem always saying. Yeah. And actually, like at the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo, now they're doing the Pledge of Allegiance before the National really? Anthem. Wow. So that's cool in itself. You know, it's like, wow, really? We're going to do the Pledge of Allegiance? Everybody stands up, puts their hand over their heart, and does the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. And then we say, Not even many people know what that is. Yeah, you know, anymore. I mean, yeah. a lot of people, like, of course, the younger kids, they're kind of looking around like, because I remember doing it in school. Do they have know? that in school now? Okay, they do. But son, you're yeah, you're my, in a good school. So. Yeah, my son's 13, and so they, you know, I mean, he he knows it because they do it at his school. But you know, looking around at those other kids is like they're looking around thinking, what what are we doing? <laughs> so it's cool that they, that they're doing that. They're bringing that back, you know. And it's kind of like everything; it all comes full circle. Sooner mm-hmm. or later, it'll come back around. And I think it's starting to come back around. Those tradition, those values, yeah. that character, those Americana, really, really patriotic, just people. I think that I think something happened where there was a shift where that became like some item somebody saw somebody behaving badly within that world and then we and then everyone gets punished because of that and then it turns into well that's racist or that's you know that's uh, misogynistic or you know or the, and then you know you kind of find you know all you take one bad example or two bad examples or whatever the minority and then make that the majority and then punish everyone for that and we're realizing like hey man there are a lot of good things within those foundational values exactly. right that our country was established on you yeah. in the cowboy culture you know that this country was established on you guys' backs mm-hmm. without you guys riding the plane you know reaching out to idaho to washington to california you know traversing this country going into dangerous conditions where you could die of you know malaria and yeah, tuberculosis anything anything, anything. Could kill you yeah. like you know a, a, a burr could kill you back then yeah, exactly you know? Like, you know i mean you get a friggin sticker in your finger and get blood poison a thorn you know yeah. you don't have medical attention or can't you're 1500 miles from the nearest town i mean yeah it's it's crazy but i do i agree with you i think it's coming back around and people are trying to really figure out you know hey without without this we wouldn't have what we have Mm -hmm. today and that's the whole thing is like i talked to you know veterans all have different ideologies they think that everybody thinks that we all fit into a mold like you know we're all wearing a you know god emperor trump hat you know and like right. with a real tree shirt and yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. with a with a you know a, a cigarette sticking out of our lip all the times right. and you know th- that's that's not every veteran definitely not all the guys i've covered i've covered guys from east la you know who, mm-hmm. who are you know very much democrats or you know or you know young guys from the hood in houston you know guys in my unit i had guys who'd been in gangs yeah. before they were in my unit but there's something about respecting each other and respecting the foundational values of where your country was established. Even if you don't agree with every single value, understanding and respecting it and going, uh, is like leaving this path really the best idea? Because I think that there were some very smart men that started this country that had an idea about where we were going in the future, you know? Exactly. And you know what's crazy is it's proof. I mean, it's proven been proven for a long long time that it does work and am it, i still allowed to say that this is the best country on the planet oh <laughs> yeah no doubt for sure it is the best country on the planet you know yeah. i mean there's nowhere else in the world we get to do what we get to do yeah 
Yeah. I mean, it just, it just didn't. Yeah. When you think about the values that really make up a strong cowboy, if you're going to, you know, bring somebody into your, you know, and teach them like a Bert or someone like that, what, what ethics, what values are you looking for in a guy like that? Oh, those, those values that come out most in the cowboy culture is just like my ideal is integrity, always doing what's right, no matter whether somebody's watching or not. And that's, I think we get, we get lost in that in today's world because the availability of doing anything you want to do is, is here. I mean, you can do it, whatever, but is it right? Is it wrong? Would you feel bad if you did it and somebody saw you, you know? And so it's kind of, it's kind of like that same deal is just trust your neighbor, but brand your cattle, you know I mean? There's always chances that, man, neighbor's cow got over there on me and she's got a calf and. He don't even know how many, you know, it's like, do I put them back or do I keep, you know, it's like, so it's always that integrity mm. about doing what's right when nobody's, when even when nobody's watching, um, hard work. Yeah. You know, hard work is, is kind of the key to the cowboy culture, which is, it's just like in the military, you get, you get a job assigned to you and you do that job no matter what. I mean, you, yeah. you do it until it's done. And if you don't do that, then you're not respected. Exactly. Nobody you know, respects nobody you. Nobody respects you. Yeah. And 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 those things, I think, if you have integrity and hard work, everything else comes with that. Yeah. Those values, you know, uh, the morals. That's cool. The right way to do things. If you have integrity and and you're willing to do the work, all that other stuff follows right along with it. That's awesome. And you know, it's like in my boy. I, I've taught him from a young, young age to shake somebody's hand and look them in the eye. Oh man, eye contact. That's a lost. You know, it is. It's a shaking somebody's hands. I can't, you know, I don't know how many times I walked up to somebody's kid that's nine or 10 or 12, you know, even 15 nowadays. And they don't know how to shit. They, they don't even act like they want to shake your hand. You know, you stick your hand out and they don't even know how to do like, Mm -hmm. so I've always told my son, when you meet somebody, you walk up, shake them, shake their hand, and you look them right directly in the eye. Mm. Say yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Yeah. Sound, and that sound like my dad. And I told him, you know, I said, you don't have to be the smartest, you don't have to be the best looking, you don't have to be the most athletic, but I promise you, in the end, that right there will pay off in dividends massively, and yeah. it will. Lots of folks that tell me, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but there's lots of folks that tell me, man, your son, he's he shakes your hand, looks in your eye, and talks to you like. I'm like, well, that's good. And they're like, that's pretty impressive. That's it's gone. You know, yeah. a lot of that's gone nowadays. And so I think that that in itself, just trying to teach our younger generation to do that kind of stuff helps. You know, and just a simple handshake and looking somebody in the eye, yeah, is a a massive, massive improvement on today's society, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, can you you talk a little bit about Buster about you know some of the things that you know you think are some of the you know big misconceptions in of your community and not understanding the cowboy culture and how necessary that whole you know world is and and how important that is to the meat industry as well <laughs> when what you're doing can you talk a little bit about that yeah i mean i'm not i'm not real educated on all that stuff but uh i will say that our cultures you know i mean it's uh, there's a lot of misconceptions that we mistreat animals or that we don't treat animals like somebody thinks we should treat them. You know I mean? The animals that we raise and provide for food for other people's tables, they make our living. My argument with that is why would we do something that hinders the way we make a living? There's always situations that arise that we try to do the best that we can in the situation that we're in. And sometimes stuff happens and animals die 
not necessarily wanting them to, not necessarily needing them to, but you know, it's a, it's a deal where a lot of the regular everyday folk think that we mistreat animals because we raise them and kill them for food. I don't know. It's a double-edged sword, I guess. A lot of the times that uh, you walk a thin line on trying to trying to do what we do, but yet trying to make everybody else happy. Right. And, you know, a lot of our culture is you get to that spot where it's like, this is what we do. This is what we provide. You can either use it or don't. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, just like the Beyond Burger, you know, the Beyond Beat or whatever that they came out with, you know, it's like, Everybody can put it on whatever side they want to put it on. If you want to make it good on your side, you can find all the stats and all the reasons that it's better for you beyond meat. Right. But, you know, I mean, like I say, we're designed to the way we were designed is we got canines, which we tear it's what they're designed to tear meat, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we're meat eaters. I'm a meat eater. Yeah. Nothing against vegetarians. You want to be a vegetarian, <laughs> get after it. Yeah. But it's kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, don't push on me what you think I should do. Yeah. And that's, and for those of you that are on the live right now, we're talking to Buster Frierson, you know, world renowned, you don't want to say it. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you know, uh, horseman and, you know, one of the co-founders of, uh, bison union, formerly peacemaker trading. Right. Um, you know, but Buster, what do you think, you know, wh what do you see as the values between the, you know, we talked a bit about it a little bit, but what do you see? What, what would you really like to impress upon people in, in getting to understand, you know what you do because there there isn't much of an understanding of it right you know, nowadays i guess the main thing would be that we do exist and that we're doing the best that we can do and we're trying to help everybody that we can help it's a uh, the cowboy culture is still alive and still kicking there's still a lot of cowboys left even though they say cowboys a dying breed it's kind of like what Bert says you know you're just not looking in the right spot they're hard to see off the highway right yeah so yeah it's a culture that we revere and that we will keep the way it is for a long, long time because we have kept it a long, long time. You know, eventually, eventually there'll be some different things that happen that, you know, the, it fades the cowboy out even more, but I think it, that's going to be a long, long, long time. Yeah. We're just salt of the earth people that work for a living. Yeah. Do you think, do you see a day where that's ever not going to be a necessity, you know, no, or, I don't think no. so. Hundred years from now, maybe. Yeah, there's too many people out there that still eat beef, that they still eat, you know, meat, chicken, pork, all, everything like that that has to be raised, and you can't raise it in a dish. I don't care what you say, you're not going to be able to raise it in a dish or on top of a skyscraper. I mean, you can raise your vegetables that way, uh, but it'd be hard to raise pigs, chickens, ducks, and hogs on a roof of a skyscraper right yeah, yeah so it'll all change no doubt about it because it has changed throughout the years and years and hundreds of years i mean when the automobile came out all the cowboys were raising hell because the automobile was coming out you know that it was going to ruin the world and yeah. now everybody's got an automobile with air conditioning and a telephone that they're selling cattle on yeah. talking on going down the highway pulling a gooseneck load of stalker cows you know i mean Probably whole new ways to make money in your exactly. industry that there weren't before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can get so much more done nowadays, you know, because of the technology. But I don't think that technology will ever, ever replace a cowboy because right. there's just, you can't teach a computer or a drone or a whatever to read a sick cow. Yeah. I just don't think it's ever going to be possible that hands-on 
cowboy style will always be around. Now there'll probably be fewer and fewer of us, no doubt about it, but there's still going to be a need for that cowboy that can saddle a horse, go trot across a pasture, catch a sick calf if he needs doctoring or go pull a calf out of a cow that needs help. You know I mean? There's just, there's something about it that I don't think it can be replaced with anything at all, to be honest with you. Yeah. It is interesting, though, in the way of the world to think about, like, things that you wanted to be as a kid, right? Like, right. now how many people do you hear, you know, say, like, cowboy? They probably don't even think about it, you know, necessarily. Right. Like, right. you know, it's something when I was a kid even, it was like, that was that was still that was cool, you know, like still pretty cool to say, you yeah, know. Man. But like as you know, as time goes on, it's less and less known about. But that that is a very necessary occupation in our society right. that is not as well known about. But it's a lot like the military in that way. A lot of people are like, "Thank you for your service." Do you, do you have to? Do you have to like kill guys? Like yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah right. Like, like what do you actually did do? Did you like, really kill somebody? Yeah, yeah. did you? Did yeah. you actually did you do like, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. like, gosh, there's so much more to that than you would even know. You <laughs> oh, know, yeah. like, no, no you're not, doubt. you know, you're not going gunfight in Tombstone. You know, right. like you're exactly. Not, it's not, you know, you. Th this is a management type of thing mm -hmm. necessary for putting food on the table. There you go. You know, this was an important podcast in that there are so many ties that bind the military and ranching communities together. And I think those elemental truths of hard work, perseverance, and an ability to fire up every fiber of your being time and time again in selfless service to the mission are all core tenets of both people groups. And I think Buster did a wonderful job of articulating that. It's truly only a real cowboy could, and he is every bit a real cowboy. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate him. Uh, coming on the podcast because we need to make this bridge building effort more complete uh, with civilian patriots that come on here and Buster's every bit of that. So I'd like to appreciate from starting a coffee company slash merchandise company slash bison herd uh, with a green beret to doing the real work on the planes and on the feet and in the fields. We truly appreciate him. Thank you, Buster. Uh, I also wanted to say a special thanks to you, the listener, for rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast. You are responsible uh, for the growth of this effort, so thank you. And lastly, I'd just like to say that whenever this podcast airs, it will either be September 11th or sometime around that time. And I'd just like to say that this time holds a significant place uh, in my heart, in the hearts of all my brothers and sisters who signed their name on that dotted line to go overseas in defense of something greater than themselves. Maybe they went there for country. Maybe they went there for the brotherhood. doesn't really matter to me. But I think that it's important to acknowledge this time uh, because no matter what that day means to you as an individual, I think we can all agree that now where divisiveness often seems the only way, that particular moment in our history, as tragic as it was, was also truly special. Our ability to come together as a nation was something uniquely beautiful. And I'll always remember that, as I also remember all those American citizens that tragically perished. We truly are stronger together, and I hope uh, in the near future that we are able to find that same resolve and bond without a tragedy of that magnitude. Because we need that. We need that strength 
and connection uh, that truly makes this country great. So anyways, that's my piece on that. And uh, I'll just say to all you listeners out there to finally not forget that our legacies are the mission. This has been the Veterans Project Podcast with our founder, Tim Kay. Check us out at www.thevetsproject.com, on Instagram at The Veterans Project, Facebook, The Veterans Project, and Twitter at Project underscore Veteran. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, our legacies are the mission.